Welcome to Improv, Beat by Beat. I'm Curtis Rutherford. I interviewed 24 different improvisers and then edited together chunks of those interviews to investigate different aspects of improv one piece at a time. This is Episode 7, The Pattern Game. The Pattern Game is the standard Herald opening, the template from which a lot of other improv openings are built. Here in New York, every team on Herald Night has to start their Herald with a pattern game, and it's the opening used for auditions and often in classes. The pattern game is probably the part of improv that 301, 401, and advanced study students worry the most about, which, on the one hand, makes sense. It can be confusing, it has very particular goals and phases, as does the invocation, and the skills involved can seem fundamentally different from the skills necessary to do a good scene. On the other hand, far more important than the pattern game is improv. If you're worried about the pattern game, maybe don't be as much. Framing the game, making the next moves, if this is true, what else is true? Being real characters in real spaces, that's the stuff that'll make your scenes incredible no matter what opening you do. That said, the pattern game is important, which is why this episode exists, and it can be confusing, but don't let that throw you. Once you know it and are comfortable with it, it's easy. You'll actually maybe enjoy doing it. Let's break down the pieces of the pattern game. All of this is described more fully elsewhere, such as the UCB manual, but I want to give the terms we'll be using right up top. First off, the audience gives a suggestion. Then the team stands in a semicircle so that they can all see each other, and they A to C off that suggestion. A to C just means that, rather than give their immediate response to each word, they give the response to the response. If the suggestion is toilet, an A to B would be brush. Toilet, brush. Simple, clear connection. Not a lot interesting there to build anything off of, and we can easily get stuck just talking about the same thing the entire time. So I'm not going to say my B, which is brush. An A to C instead would be closer to, I hear the A, the word toilet, And I think of my B, the word brush. Then I think of what the word brush makes me think of, which is teeth. So I heard an A, thought of a B, which made me think of a C, which I then say out loud. One person says toilet, I say teeth. Then someone else uses teeth as their A, and then A to C's from there. A to C'ing, by the way, is one of those parts of improv you can actually practice by yourself in a very nerdy way in your head while doing other things. Get used to being able to do A to B, to C in your head at about that speed. So after several A to Cs, the group has explored a bit into the word toilet and the associations it has, and then someone will pitch a premise. There are many ways to do this, either by stating the premise or by giving lines of dialogue, which we'll get into. This is where the pattern game gives you the ideas that you will actually use in your Herald. After the premise is clear, you then return to A to C based on something from the premise. Then you'll A to C to another premise, and then A to C out from that premise back to the suggestion. You'll do that three times, and that's the pattern game. Now, there are two main metaphors to explain different parts of the pattern game. The first is the clover leaf, which explains the overall structure of the pattern game. Think of the outline of a clover. We start at the stock, right there at the bottom in the middle, with the suggestion. The suggestion then leads you out, A to C, into a premise, which is one side of the clover leaf, the bottom of the outline of that first leaf. Then, after the premise, we go back to A to C, which you can think of as that little indent on the clover leaf, that line that leads back to the stalk that separates the left and the right sides of each leaf. 
we're still on that first leaf. And we continue to A to C into another premise, which is the other side of the clover leaf, the top of the outline of that first leaf. And then we A to C out of that premise back into the middle of the clover, which is the suggestion. Then we do that again for the second leaf. A to C, premise, A to C, premise, A to C, back to suggestion. Then we repeat that again for a third leaf, and then we returned again to the suggestion and the pattern game is over. That's the big structure of the pattern game. The other metaphor you'll hear used a lot here is originally from Peter Gwynn, and it was referenced in the previous episodes on openings, and that's hallways and rooms. The pattern game has a hallway, which is A to C. We're all walking along this hallway. We're not entirely sure where we're going, but we're looking around, taking things in. Oh, look, there's a sign. There's a, a creepy painting. Look, it's a cool candelabra or whatever. Then we see a room. We see a door. So we go into that room. That room is one specific premise. We're all looking around this one room, describing in detail the same exact idea, fleshing out what we know about this room. Then, once we have enough to eventually, later on, do a scene on it, we leave that room and go back into the hallway. That's we're returning to A to C. That metaphor stuck around for so long because it gets at the group exploration part of the pattern game. We're all together moving through this hallway. We are all together exploring the same room, filling out the premise, and making it fun and playable. After a bit of practice, you can get great at keeping track of where you are in the pattern game at every point. Are you in a hallway, the A to C, or room, the premise? And which cloverleaf you're on, the first, the second, or the third, about to return to that suggestion for that final time? As you watch other people do the pattern game, focus on knowing exactly which part of the pattern game they're at. For more on the basic mechanics of the pattern game, here's Achilles Stamatolaki describing how he teaches the pattern game. Yeah, so I try to teach, yeah, like the Besser style pattern game because I took a bunch, or not a bunch, like two or three workshops where he was just teaching the, mm -hmm. the pattern game. And I thought this was such an easy, simple way to approach the pattern game because even now there are teachers who will teach pattern game a different way or will emphasize different things, which I think is totally fine. But for me, I think it's all about practicality, practicality meaning how can we get ideas out of this thing? And on top of that, how can we do the pattern game that doesn't make the audience want to like hate the people doing the pattern game? <laughs> right. And I think the, the, I, so what I emphasize even before, let's get ideas out of the pattern game or let's do this textbook style pattern game. The thing I emphasize is more joy at the beginning. And then uh, I tell the students, like, this is the first time the audience is seeing you. So you have to be funny, you have to be playful, you have to be interesting, you have to be engaged. And yeah, you have to be joyful on stage because we're doing theater now. We can't be solving a math problem on stage. It needs to feel like we're at a bar, we're hanging out, we're doing bits with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, it needs to have that looseness. The only difference with you know, the hanging out with the bar thing is now it just has this, this structure in this opening to allow us to generate ideas mm -hmm. in a efficient way. But yeah, I try to emphasize like just be playful in the opening because you're going to be playful in every other opening that you're doing. Right. Why is the pattern game different than, right. than you know anything else? And then, so let's break apart each kind of piece uh, a little bit. So then, okay, so suggestion, mm -hmm. right? So then A to C. So yes. what, are the, what are your big notes for? So, so for the A to C uh, portions, a couple of things with A to C. One, A to C to me is a, a helpful kind of tool so that you're not just kind of exploring the same side 
of the suggestion. Mm -hmm. So to go back to, uh, let's say like the suggestion is toaster Mm -hmm. again. So we're not just exploring the same types of scenes about toaster. That's, I think A to C is helpful in, in that way. What I don't like about the term A to C is it feels like an arbitrary move away from the suggestion, Mm -hmm. whereas I'd rather see suggestion and then group's opinion on the suggestion versus suggestion and then arbitrarily move away from it. Because I don't think that's exploring the suggestion at all. So, so that's the first thing. So, so an example that I had when I was teaching a 301, like a few years ago was the suggestion was like Tinder or like online dating. After the suggestion was taken, there was like a visible and audible like sigh from the people who were doing the pattern game. They were like, okay, suggestion is Tinder. <sighs> like that. And then right. they just moved away from it. And I was like, wait, wait, that is your first A to C yeah. in the scene. That's your group's opinion about Tinder. So you need to explore that and unpack that. The A to C portion is to use a better term, the portion of the pattern game where you guys are asking like, what about this is funny? Mm-hmm. What, what's interesting about this? Like, uh, okay, so this suggestion is Tinder. Yeah. What about Tinder? Oh, we all sighed from frustration because right. of it. So now we need to unpack that we need to A to C that. So I think that's the first thing is is opinion first versus just arbitrarily moving away. So it's almost that style of when a psychologist or whatever does word association to see how do you really feel about this thing? Yes. We're trying to get away from it to really kind of dig deeper into that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather, I think dig deeper is a good phrase for it. It's like, get the suggestion to dig deeper into that suggestion rather than get the suggestion to get away from that mm-hmm. thing. So I, I don't love the phrase get away from it as a way to define A to C. Like I think A to C is find what's funny about it right. uh, and dig deeper into it. I also think the, the A to C portions are a way for the team to just basically be saying, yeah, those A to C terms, but uh, in a way that's still playful and emotional and and character based mm-hmm. and attitude based. Like so that that's something I'll nudge students to do so it's not just we're just we're not just saying a word mm-hmm. um that a to c is off the previous thing we are saying the word with something behind it so you know you're not just saying bacon you're you're saying bacon or something right. like that you know and then um hopefully people will pick up on that and notice like oh uh, my teammate just said that thing in a really funny way what about that what what's interesting about that right. that thing so yeah a to c opinion first then let's notice how People are saying the A to C terms. And then pretty soon, like three or four moves in, you're going to find something. You're going to find, uh, if not a premise, then um, at least something funny and interesting and specific that your team can start exploring in, in a more premise-based way. Right. And then so, okay, so we have this possibility. So I have now this idea of something. How do you like that? Uh, do you like like a pitch and then building off that? How do you like to get into that part of the pattern game. Yeah, I think the, the standard way, um, and I think this is the, the clearest way, is we A to C, we, we discover something in the moment that seems fun. It's labeled clearly. So mm-hmm. like the, uh, I think the in the 301 curriculum, it's like we, uh, we're walking through a hallway and then we land in a room. But mm-hmm. what I like too is like titling that room, basically pitching, yeah. uh, labeling what that uh, premise is. And then from there, to use another Besser term, you make threes. So you like do three bullet points of that idea. Uh-huh. After that, um, you A to C out of that room and then you find you're repeating that process again. But I think, yeah, the, the most efficient way to do it is A to C, A to C, A to C, pitch, idea, mm-hmm. bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, A to C, A to C, A to C, right. and then repeat. Uh, and I, I'd say like one or two ideas per loop. 
Right. Yeah. So then the pitch is very much kind of like almost the name of the sketch or the name on the door, right? Of- exactly. I think sometimes uh, something that, that'll happen too is it'll be, let's say, A to C, A to C, A to C. We discover more of the bullet point first, and then uh-huh. everybody will match like the, the riff, like bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, and then we'll get the title at the end, mm-hmm. which I think is also a valid way to yeah. explore something. But once we have the title, we don't need to keep exploring because right. we've already done that right. uh, thing. I think that's also fine if you're doing it. Yeah, I've noticed sometimes people will be doing the pattern game. They will label an idea, do three moves, and then feel the need to like relabel the thing that they just labeled and played exactly the same way. Just because they have in their head, oh, we need to label at the end. Right. But yeah, if you already labeled it up top or vice versa. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think there there are some groups, and I, f- I feel like I've seen Lloyd teams do this, where it'll be a clearly pitched idea, mm-hmm. then they'll riff three or four times, and then they'll they'll restate that idea, either in the same exact way or in a slightly different way. I think that's more of an exercise for that specific team, where yeah. their note might have been... You guys deviate too much in, in, right, your rooms, in your rooms in the, in the uh, pattern game, so we're going to overcorrect this and make you do this, right. and, which I think is like not a bad thing, sure. um, especially since it's it's not like you're you're not ruining the pattern game by doing that. You're right. just adding this extra element for this particular team. To yeah, it. but yeah, I feel like sometimes with students they will do that like almost extra thing of we don't need to relabel this. Like yeah, we've yeah. already done it. You've already moved on. You know, it's time to go back to the suggestion or mm-hmm. find something else. Okay, so then you've got three bullet points. Mm-hmm. So bullet points are like, you're just like, then what, la- naming game moves? Are you like giving lines of dialogue? Are you like describing the scene? Yeah, I think any of those options. Uh, most students, I think, are going to do like lines of dialogue mm-hmm. just because I think that's easier, like especially once you have a, a premise laid out. But yeah, I think lines of dialogue, specifics from the scene, things that could happen, all those things are valid. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't, just start doing the scene in that like it should be yeah still pitches for the scene rather than doing the scene because then mm-hmm. you're kind of killing what we want to see later on you <laughs> right know? and then okay so and then you said one to two ideas per loop yeah um, one or two one or two premises per loop and then i think i like to s- tell students is like i don't need to hear every single person say the suggestion again if you uh-huh. if you hear in your a to c back to the suggestion if you notice a connection yeah. to the suggestion in that moment just one person uh, say it right. instead of like making eye contact with everybody <gasps> taking a breath uh, you know that to me feels less yeah, yeah that to me feels so much less organic than yeah. somebody just saying like toaster, you know, yeah. in, in the moment where they, they discover it. Uh, it's a hard thing to shake, especially like, I feel like in 301, a mm-hmm. lot of students are taught uh, to do that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because at least it makes every, when you're first learning it, it makes everybody be like, oh, okay, that's the suggestion. Right. But you know, if you're, if you're like on a Lloyd, on Lloyd team or yeah. 401 or advanced study, I don't think it's necessary. It's another one of those parts of the pattern game that, oh, we do for this reason, but it doesn't, that's not set in stone. Right. We did it for this reason. If that reason isn't true in this situation, you don't yeah. have to keep yeah. with it. What do you like then to see with initiations from the pattern game? I'm always a fan of just doing exactly what the the team laid out mm-hmm. very clearly at, in the opening because we did all that work in yeah. in the um, opening. Hopefully it was funny. Hopefully everybody thought it was interesting. Hopefully everybody on stage is excited to do that thing. So I don't mind either just saying exactly the line of dialogue that we heard in the opening or just uh, to use another better term, like hitting the nail on the head with mm-hmm. your initiation. I don't mind like one step beyond uh, initiations, which are like, 
basically analogous versions of what was explored in the opening. But for me, I tend to just gravitate towards, I heard the thing in the opening, I'm going to say the thing in in the scene, just to make it super clear to to my scene partner what's going on. Yeah, We did all that work together. We set this up. We can start now at the furthest point that we set up, and we're already there on the same page. Now let's start running. And I I think that's also very much a part of those Besser uh, workshops is... He was very adamant about, like, you can do, like, an analogous version of this, like a one step beyond. That's his term, one step beyond a version of this mm-hmm. initiation. But we did all that work. We just spent four minutes riffing on those ideas together, and we were excited about those ideas. Like, why not do that scene that everybody mm-hmm. wants to see versus a warped version of yeah. that scene? I, I'm also just a big fan of, like, clarity over, like, this is going to be the the best idea off this thing that we already, you know, like I'd rather a team really engage with uh, and communicate with each other in a way that's like, oh, we, we did this really funny thing. Let's keep yeah. doing that funny thing. Uh, Especially since you're going to have either you're going to have second beats, you're going to have third beats to really then blow out that idea yeah. once you've set it in stone in that first beat with that clear initiation. Yeah, you have the rest of your herald to make new discoveries. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the opening is there for you to hit the ground running versus in the first speech versus you having to find it. So let's use it. That's what it's about. That was Achilles Stamatolaki. Those were the parts of the pattern game. Now here's James Dwyer explaining what you should do in each part of the pattern game. So I am very specific about pattern game. And I also side coach it so hard that it drives people insane. In my opinion, there are only three moves you can make in the pattern game. Okay. And this is something I'm always like slightly tweaking. There's A to C, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if the word is coconut, a C to coconut might be Jimmy Buffett. Right. You don't want to see the B, you know, is what I say a lot. you got to get distance in your A to C's. Mm-hmm. So there's A to C's. That's the first move. The second move you can make is pitching the premise. And I say that that comes about usually when we laugh at an A to C. Yeah. Because we're like, how did they get there? Oh, that's an interesting... Like, it's not a conscious thought, but it is this sort of natural, like, how did they get to O.J. Simpson? <laughs> right. Uh, it's an involuntary response exactly. that there is something here. And I, and I say, like, that's the piece of pattern game that is directly related to discovery in the normal scene off a suggestion. It's you and the audience discovering together something funny and you don't know what it is yet. And so then the third part would be... So if the, the premise has to exist. If it was Coconut and O.J. Simpson... God, this is such a bad example. There ha- let's say it was really funny. Mm-hmm. There has to be a premise between Coconut and O.J. Simpson then right. if it made us laugh that hard. God, this is such a bad example. But if it was just that... <laughs> this is Maybe the premise is... Uh, uh, O.J. Simpson is now the spokesperson for Coconut Water. Right. In 2017, yeah. right? And then we would just do the third thing we can do is make it true. And so often I'll say you can do that in character. You can often say things, or it can be sort of like, if that's true, this also probably is true. It's it's truly just the simplest pattern version of it, of the premise. We're not trying to find a justification. We're not trying to find out why this exists. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to say, if it was true, this is what it would be like. Yeah. So it'll be like, Hi, I'm O.J. Simpson. You know me from jail. Uh, now you know me from coconut water. Uh, right. Like It's the dumbest version of it. Yeah. And then we A to C away from it. So it's A to C, state the premise, make it true. Yeah. 
Is Does what that I make say. make it true? Do you like lines of dialogue? Do you like descriptions of scenes? Is there anything that you prefer? I like lines of dialogue because so the reason I overstructure the pattern game like this, or at least overdefined it, and it's not even that big. It's not a departure really. No. But the reason I did that is because a big problem in pattern game is that people will give too many versions of the same premise instead of just honoring the first premise that's thrown out there. And people literally always judge the premise. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they want to be doing that, people will instead get in this mindset of like, we didn't laugh when they said the premise. Yeah. And they'll just add something to it or they'll say the premise again slightly different. And I just started saying, listen, guys, none of your premises are good. Yeah. Stop being precious. Just assume the first premise thrown out there is perfect and make it true and you guys will find the comedy in it. Because even you saying like, oh, what if OJ is the pitch? It was like you said like, oh, right. this is bad. Right. Which we have that judgment on ourselves. Exactly. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and then, But then the, the better thing to do is like, great, let's embody that rather than what if instead of coconut water it was yep. coconut gloves? or. And if you're not in that mindset at the top of a pattern game and in a pattern game, the rest of your hero is going to be trash. Yeah. Because then you're in this judgy mentality. You are not working together. And you're in your head instead of having your brain out there messing around with other people's yeah. brains. Uh, when you side coach it a lot, what do you feel like you're how, – how do you feel like you're, you're correcting their uh... – The big thing is their A to C's are bad. Everybody usually – the connection is too close mm-hmm. or it gets into this territory where everyone just says a word. And I say like – if you're going to say circus, instead say something that's very circus – like, if I was thinking circus, instead of saying circus, maybe I would say, and up next, uh, oh, God, this is, see, I'm doing it still. Well, what to you feels very of the circus? Um, like a lion tamer. Old peanuts. Old peanut shells, yeah, something like that, right? Just like, you want the details, you want the minutia of it, mm-hmm. because it, it still feels true, but it also is, like, more interesting. Mm-hmm. And you just you get to a rhythm where if your A to C's are good, you can have a pattern game in under three minutes that feels awesome. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to spend more than three minutes on a pattern game. I want to do some scenes. Yeah. So, yeah. And w- the richer the details, the clearer that juxtaposition is going to be yeah. once you get that, like, oh, why are there old peanut shells right. plus B. Arthur? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. Definitely. I mean, and then you don't end up with these premises that you see in every new, like when you're starting pattern game where it's like zombie doctor, mm-hmm. where it's just like a mush of words you don't care about. Yeah. Um, or the person who always says blank. Yeah. Because we didn't see what the C was. So it was like, oh, I guess he, the person who always brings up OJ Simpson whenever coconuts are brought up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay. just that sort of, and it's also people being like, that feels like it's comedy. Because it's also yeah. people are like, afraid to be like consider themselves comedians and because it's a big risky thing to say that you're funny it's, it's we both like honor art art and artists and comedians in that same way but like like find it gross mm-hmm. and like find ourselves above it or that it's not true yeah it's insane because yeah as improvisers you mean or i think as as, as, as a culture comedian. yeah i think but yes also as improvisers there's a little bit of like oh it's just comedy or it's just this yeah well it's like i remember when i first i've been doing improv for years and i remember you know the natural rhythm is everyone just does this one or two nights a week mm-hmm. uh and it's in their spare time uh which is fine but uh, yeah it feels 
like this way it's less risky. Yeah. Yeah. With that A to Cing, if also if they don't A to C hard, it tends to fall into that spiral of yes. just kind of like toilet, brush, mm-hmm. draino. A common thing that happens is even once they get good at A to C, I teach two four ones right now where we only do this. Mm-hmm. And a common thing that happens is after a couple of weeks, they really start to get confident, they get good at it. But in that third clover leaf of the pattern game, like mental fatigue sets in, mm-hmm. and the A to C's get back to that one word place, and I have to be like, you gotta rally. Yeah. It's, they get, I work on it so much with them that they go a little nuts, they get in their heads, but then suddenly, after a few weeks, it's, you have to be really patient with it and be persistent. They're confident, they're funny, it's enjoyable. And they're having fun heralds off of it. Because yeah. you do have to build from the base up, which is like, that's a Sean Distant thing. Uh, is like, start from the you know ground floor, build up from there with your heralds. So, And it's a common, like, in any art thing of like, we need to work on foundation. If mm-hmm. you are a painter, you need to work on drawing and like, what is the correct proportions and draftsmanship so that you can learn how to layer things on top of it. And sometimes it is just like, great, we're going to do figure drawing. We're just going to draw this one person over and over again until you break through and figure out what's beyond that. Yeah. I mean, even my advanced study class is like that. We do so much of the basics that you don't do anymore because you're not doing it anymore. Yeah. So. And we're hesitant to do it as if like... It's like, oh, but I did that. Oh, but we're funnier than that. It's yeah. like, hmm, I don't know. I'm not one of these people who's like a purist or anything. Although, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I sound the opposite of that, the way I just talked about pattern <laughs> yeah. game. I'm not a purist, uh, but, like, you must There is one right things. way. That was James Dwyer. Up next, I asked Nicole Dressbell her feelings on the pattern game and how she teaches it. Uh, I love it as a teaching tool. I referred to it to students as, like, trial by fire. Like, you do it because it's hard. And specifically hard in that, like, almost every other opening, probably actually every other opening, you could charm your way through. You could do a really entertaining invocation or really entertaining doc and not have any premises at Mm -hmm. all, but have thought you did really well. Pattern game is either it's good or it's unwatchable. Can't really charm your way through pattern game. I don't think. Maybe there are exceptions to that, but at the 401 level, it's really hard. It's either good or it's unwatchable. If you're charming your way through, it's almost become a living room at that point. Yes, right? for it's just sure. Like, oh, you guys are gabbing. Yes, yes, for sure. And then it's barely even a pattern game. So I like it for that reason because it's difficult. Mm-hmm. But what's also hard about it is that 401 itself can get really heady. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite level, but it can get really heady. Pattern game lends itself to getting really analytical in a way that's like super fun and comedy nerdish, but also can feel like counterproductive to then like getting up on our feet and doing more improv. Right. Right. Yeah. So what are the pitfalls that people fall into then when they're or when they're doing a pattern game? Let's start with doing a pattern game. Yeah, it's too easy to end up with an idea where it's a weird situation mm-hmm. or it's a weird world. And those are really hard to pull into scenes and initiate with because I especially teach and this might be more specific to me, but I really, really drill game as behavior. Mm-hmm. Who's choosing to be deliberately unusual in this scene? Who's a character who is behaving in a way that they could control but choose not to? That's unusual in a really clear base reality. So I also, I just had a class that did two super funny mapping scenes, but I was like, those were hard, partially just because mapping's fucking yeah. hard. Yeah. But also, it's so counter to everything that I'm drilling into you. 
and coming in with a weird situation or a weird world, not that that's not what mapping is, but coming with mm-hmm. a weird situation or a weird world is like, it's going to be real, real hard to play. Yeah. It's similar in that way in that, yeah, it's not behavior based. Yes, exactly. It's not something we are seeing the character struggle with in the yes. moment. Yes. It's something that the writer has to essentially present. Yes. This is what's weird about it. Exactly. And also so much of like the horn that I blow, I don't know that that's a saying, mm-hmm. is be a normal, now do your weird thing. Now be normal, now do your weird thing Mm -hmm. and the be normal is like you can do that anyone can do that if you just get out of your own way a little bit you can remember what a job interview is like you can play house i call it playing house Mm -hmm. in scenes which is a thing that you did as a kid and that you can show off doing and you can really just fucking relax but if your situation is weird or your whole world is weird you haven't afforded yourself that right not that necessity not even a luxury so And I think pattern game, especially for early improvisers, can really lend itself to pitching weird situations and pitching weird worlds instead of pitching weird behaviors. Especially since the pattern game is so separate from scene work and it's like this – you're building things out of words so much more that you you fall into that. So as a class is falling into that, what do you tell them? I will say – I might not side coach it during the pattern game and I'll maybe point it out later. But just like as often as possible when your first premise gets presented, see if you can just like – slightly tweak it so it's about the way a person's acting mm-hmm. and not a situation or a world. Right. Yeah. Right. And so like what's an example of that? So if you're going back and forth, is it I will just tell them. Yeah, yeah. We did a fake pattern game while we were waiting to record. If the unusual thing is like somebody says a uh, death certificate and then somebody says red tape, which is not a great A to C. But then somebody else says like, ooh, uh, like dying from bureaucracy, dying from red tape. It's like, okay, I don't know. Is this mapping is this like an actual death is red tape like i don't know how to play that so somebody else could be like uh acting like you're dying from red tape then it's like great the unusual character is going to be in a person who's in a situation where there's a lot of red tape and they keep behaving as if it's killing them Mm -hmm. and now it's like cool that's playable because we can stop that person can then like be normal do what you do when you're at the dmv and then anytime something gets red taped comes up or feels a little red tapey they can behave as if they're gonna die right and it's just that slight switch of yep. rather than the were in this world bureaucracy kills people in your mind you think bureaucracy is killing you yep exactly exactly and then there's still i mean there's obviously still more work they'd have to do in the scene itself yep. of justifying and all that kind of stuff what's your perfect initiation then from a pattern game how much information do you want in that first line great question i want unusual behavior and just enough context to understand why it's weird. Mm-hmm. So from acting like you're dying from bureaucracy, I would want to know the person's acting like they're dying and that it's some kind of bureaucracy that wouldn't kill them. Mm-hmm. So that way we don't think, oh, this is, you're exactly. actually dying. Exactly. We just, exactly. we know for a fact it's because you're in line for the post office. Right, right. And hopefully we already did that work in the pattern game. Right. So like the person initiating isn't going to end up with a scene partner who then plays the world, but mm-hmm. actually plays to the top of their emotional intelligence off right. of it. So I would say somebody coming out and acting like they're having a heart attack, but mentioning that something has to be in triplicate. Exactly. It's great acting. <laughs> really great half-assed acting. That's a heart attack. I am also, in this, and I tell my students, this is opinion. This is not mm-hmm. rule. This is just opinion. I think you should make yourself unusual. Yeah. How come? Because then all your scene partner has to do is respond to the top of their emotional intelligence and then they still have the option to match you yeah they can figure out how to do it and i say with matching which i love especially in advanced level students match if you can see a clear path to matching 
But if it's like, ooh, matching is going to be hard, it's okay to default to straight men. Yeah. So if like you're the DMV person, it might be weird for you to match and not have the world get crazy. So right. like probably just straight men. But if you're in a situation where you're peas in a potty in terms of status already and you see an opportunity to match, no reason not to match. But if you initiate with you being the straight man and the other person being unusual, now the burden of activating the game mm-hmm. is on your scene partner. So they have to know what you're doing, yep. understand what idea that you're going for, and then also embody the idea. And That's a lot coming off of any opening. Yeah. Whereas I think an ideal situation is your initiation is so clear that your scene partner could have blacked out during the opening and they'll still know how to respond to you right. as a straight man to the top of their emotional intelligence. Yeah, I just think it's a much more natural way of starting scenes to make yourself unusual and let the other person just respond sincerely. But you're not locking them into straight man necessarily. Mm-hmm. If they can see a path to matching, they still have that option. Alex Dixon gave that note to coworkers a bunch. Oh, great. That she stole from Jordan Klepper, I guess. And yeah, I immediately was like, oh, I'm stealing that and giving it to everyone. Oh, and, I, and I've been doing it consistently for exactly that reason. That, that feels so validating. That it came through those two people. Yeah, exactly. That makes me really happy. Right? Good. Oh, good. Now I feel like I'm right about it. So now I'm not going to qualify it quite so much. I'm just going to act like it's true. Yeah. And I mean, because all the reasons you gave are exactly the reasons that once Alex gave that note, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Cause I, and I think we're similar in this way in that it felt right to give the game yes. to other people. Yep. Oh, I'm being so giving. Oh, you get to do this thing. But then sometimes you feel that of like, you're, you want me to do this thing and I don't know what it is and I don't think I'm and doing it know, right. I don't know how to do it intuitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe we're just babies. Could be. But I do think it gets, it gets talked about the same way that giving a gift gets talked about. It's like, no, no, no. This is so much more pressure than just yes. a gift. Yeah. So then, oh, in a pattern game then, you mentioned at one point when we were doing, when we were talking about our fake pattern game, oh, that's not a great A to C. Yes. How much A to Cing do you like and how much of it do you want it to be like a big A, no B, C? Yes. I want a big, bold A to C. Mm-hmm. Not, hopefully not too like autobiographical. I know some people like autobiographical, but I think it's better if we're like using common touchstones as much sure. as possible. But I want a really bold, like this is my A. My B is a big leap. My C is an even bigger leap, making sure it's in a new direction. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, um, well, the reason for that is that's where ideas come from. Yeah. In my opinion, that's a little good wife reference um, for Connor Radliff and maybe Chris Scott. In my opinion, pattern game should not be. This is why I'm a nightmare to take classes with. Week two, if you're in my 401, just don't show up week two and you'll probably be fine, but you won't have a headache. In my opinion, Funny ideas from pattern game come in one of two ways. It is either because the way that you said a word, like the emotion behind it or the character behind it was funny, Mm -hmm. or you made an A to C that was so big, the association between the last two words is absurd. Mm -hmm. And then when you speak a premise, it's not an original idea you had. It is you articulating why that last combination of words or combination of word and attitude in the ether is funny Mm -hmm. it's you pulling from what's in the air and using words to articulate why that was funny and that's ridiculous i mean i think it is what pattern game is meant to be but it's like such a hard thing that unless you had a very specific job or a very specific history you've never done before in your life and now your pattern game lives and dies on the ability to do that but that ability is 
what a comedian is supposed to do. That's true. At least the second half, right? The A to seeing is a little bit like that's our kind of free association or whatever. But just explaining why something is funny, people do kind of like shrink away from that a little bit. But that's Mm -hmm. all like so much of comedy is, hey, this weird thing happened. This is why it's weird. I mean, much more in stand-up comedy than anything else. Yes, yes. But if you're doing game-based comedy, because part of me is like, well, wait, are we teaching people to be comedians or are we teaching people to be improvisers? Mm -hmm. And... Whether or not something funny is aside, if you're teaching people to play game, which is really what we're doing at UCB, especially in 401, then what you're teaching them is the ability to articulate why something is unusual, why something is strange. And some people can do it right away. Some people's brains naturally go to it, and they are so good at being like the linchpin. Is that a thing? Yeah. In a pattern game. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, you have that person up there. Well, that said, though, I've also said to my students, like, if you're good at it, that's great. It's a gift to the pattern game. I don't want to see the one person save every pattern game. Yep. This is definitely true of Lloyd teams, too. Oh, yeah. Lloyd Knight and 401 and Harold Knight, too, maybe to a lesser extent. Those are learning opportunities. So I would rather a bumpy show that makes people better improvisers than great shows where nobody gets an opportunity to grow. Yeah, exactly. How do you push people into those different than positions in a pattern game? Or do you just say, hey, it was always Bridget wrapping this up into the suggestion somebody else needs to do it? In a 401, I might not ever address it. Sure. And in a 401, I might also not even be looking for it because, and this is something I also tell my students, this is what the podcast is, right? Is yeah. just finding out what it would be like to be a Nicole Dressbell 401 yep. specifically. Yep. It's like, I'm not going to note your pattern games a 10. We're going to do week two, intensive pattern game work, make sure we all have the same common vocabulary, common expectations. But I think my strengths as a teacher are better used talking about your two-person scene work mm-hmm. and also your group games, but really talking about your two-person scene work. How do you get on the same page as another person? And how do you lock in a game with another person? Mm-hmm regardless of how your pattern game went. So I probably wouldn't talk about it a ton in a 401. If I was working with a Lloyd team that was doing pattern game and I was working with them for a long time, it might be like, Curtis, you can't label. You have to do A to C's. You're not allowed to label. We get it. You're good at labeling. Everyone else needs to be able to step up to that. Mm -hmm. And it would just be like running practices where there are certain restrictions on what certain people can do. Sure. Because you're not going to get better at those things unless you force yourselves to do them. Yeah, absolutely. That was Nicole Dressbell. Notice that Nicole brought up emotional intelligence a lot, especially in terms of responding to that initiation. As Will Hines mentioned on the previous episode, the pattern game can leave you a little robotic, and that can carry through into the scenes you're doing unless you really remember to respond to that initiation honestly and help build the scene beyond just that first line. Speaking of Will, here's Will Hines. What is your ideal pattern game? (laughs) we're jumping right in yeah as nerdy okay but i have an answer i want i don't like premises too cooked so my ideal pattern game is short terms not conversational and nothing blown out too much Mm -hmm. so i like an unusual thing kind of like framed up for one or two moves Mm -hmm. but then moved on pretty quick that requires the team to be good and sort of on the same page it also makes the pattern game shorter. Yeah. So, uh, and I also subscribe to the, or as, as many people do, to the rooms and hallways metaphor for mm-hmm. an opening. So there's like hallways where it's like you're just changing the subject and it's abstract. And then there's a room when you're sort of riffing on an idea, right? So in a pattern game, that would be like cement, mafia, 
tax dodge, and that's a hallway because I'm just sort of A to Cing. Right. And then if somebody said blatant tax dodge, and everyone kind of smiles, you, you might be in a room now, and there's a couple of examples of blatant tax dodges. You know, mm-hmm. like you know Ginny's antique shop and offshore shelter, or something. This is already too heady. And then maybe one more thing that frames up blatant tax dodge, mm-hmm. and then that's all I want, and yeah. then I want you out. So like a three-term long room, and the whole thing three minutes, yeah. three and a half minutes, which is pretty fast for a pattern game. Yeah. And you have to do more work in the scenes. Like you probably don't have a justification in your opening. Mm-hmm. You maybe don't even have a good who, what, where necessarily depending on the idea. There's more work to be done. Yeah. That's my ideal. And is that mostly to keep it shorter? Keep it shorter. And also I don't like – in general, I don't like premises too cooked mm-hmm. for any opening. Mm-hmm. I don't like to do all the work in the opening. I think it makes for bad acting. I think part of the fun is the discovery and the filling in the blanks. So I don't want to fill in every blank in the opening. Personal taste. I mean it, I've seen teams mm-hmm. do fully cooked premises in the opening and they're awesome. But just if you're asking me my – if it was a team of yeah. eight Will Hineses, that's what we would try to do. I, but I weirdly don't mind it when people do little quotes of dialogue in pattern yeah. games, like when they like assume the character. Yeah. So even though I like short terms, I, I have an exception if you are doing the dialogue of a character. Sure. As um, long as it then still stays to – this is pretty much only the like – not hint of a premise, but the – Yeah, half. Half yeah. cooked. Half ideas. Like I like the pattern game to give unusual things. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't need full games necessarily. I also like it to sound a little more artsy and like a weird overture rather than a conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I here's the thing. I don't mind if it sounds bloodless and sterile. If if it looks artsy and weird, sure, I'm down. If if that artless and uh, artlessness and sterility is done as part of and what performance, you performance, yeah. yeah. Like if I. Went down to the Lower East Side and paid five bucks to see some off-off-Broadway show and it was like eight people just saying words to each other and they're all wearing like black turtlenecks. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be like, I think I like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't mind if a pattern game is kind of inadvertently of that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. How much then when you're pulling the premise or when you're initiating the premise, how much needs to be in that first line? Is it like first line, anything okay. not in that first line is dead or – I think the first line after the pattern game, you do need to like give a lot of info. Mm-hmm. I don't need the comedic idea fully fleshed out, but I do need to know what the situation is that we are in the middle of. And I don't mind if you ham-fistedly spell it out. Some people really hate that. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind if it's like, well, here we are, two safe crackers halfway through a job, and you're trying to sell me on the Methodist church. Right. Actually, I could do a little bit better than that, but I don't, I don't mind if we're leaning towards that world. I want, I kind of want to know the who, what, where. Yeah. I want to know the context pretty early. Yeah. Uh, the base reality. I want to know. I want to know where I'm standing, what I'm mm-hmm. imagining. I need to know that so I know how to react if I'm the other person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want that pretty early. I mean, some situations it's so you need so little that you know, two employees in a desk, or a boss and an employee in a desk. I don't need to know what company, yeah. what title, how old. Yeah, but I but uh, I want to know enough that I feel comfortable with what I'm picturing. Right. And 
like so that you know what it connects to in the pattern game or just like this is oh, – yeah, no, if you yep. don't remember – I want it to know what it connects to in the pattern game mm-hmm. for the audience's sake really. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that that wasn't a waste of time. Right. Hopefully I'll also remember. But after that first line, the opening has gone to me. Yeah. The opening is gone. And if I don't remember what you're talking about and I just learned this through experience and I know that I should, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a big choice mostly to signal to you uh, I missed it. Whatever you were going for, I don't have it, and I'm making it real clear now. Not to a joking degree, but yeah. just like I'm just going to make a big choice, and you, and hopefully you'll be – we will be have been teammates long enough that you're like, okay, Will Hines once again did not understand the initiation, and we're just – we're going to just yes and from right. here. And whatever you, whatever, you were, whatever you managed to smuggle into your initiation will survive, right? and that's it. But anything beyond that is now dead, and we're doing. It's dead. We're just doing this. This is scene. the this, this is, is that new thing. So yeah, to me, I like the opening is just like just the is just for the first lines of mm-hmm. every scene, mostly. Yeah. Maybe if you did like if you had some kind of overarching theme in your opening, if you did something cool where like you're doing a pattern game, but there's a runner of like like a weird Roberts Rules of Orders kind of thing where that's not a thing that happens. I'm trying to think of an example of something yeah. that might happen in a pattern game where everyone's like, I second that motion or it's like right. I, we, I, and all in favor and that just becomes like a joke that you weren't expecting, mm-hmm. then maybe that will show up in the middle of a scene or in transitions or something like that. You know what I mean? I might hold on to that. Mm-hmm. But if it's not a really weird case – I'm forgetting about the opening after the first line of every scene yeah. for my own sake to what unburden are, myself so I can just yes and. Fully. Right. Because then you're there and then it's just great. Let's just have fun. Yep. And, and also my ideal improv. opening will be spare enough that there won't be a lot to mine from it anyway. Mm-hmm. We're just getting started. What exercises do you like to run with people to get them better at the pattern game? Because I feel like a lot oh, of people man. do the like the exercises that Sean remembered doing with you. Yes, the stations. I, yeah, exactly. That's like one that I feel has that's... become pretty entrenched now. Oh, really? In... Oh, cool. I like. I mean, I think that's not a bad one. I like isolating muscles mm-hmm. and trying to work reps on them. I like exercises that turn it into like a sport. You know, yeah. like if you were playing baseball, you might like just catch grounders for yeah. whatever amount of time. And so, I, okay, let's just. Do the pattern game where you are the this station where mm-hmm. you are pitching the unusual thing or whatever. I think that's rad. Yeah. But I weirdly, I weirdly don't teach it that way anymore. Yeah. I've gone away from it. I like did that for a long time and then I decided that like the more attention you pay to the pattern game, the more onerous and unwieldy it becomes in the minds of students. Sure. And now I just try to sneak it by him. Okay. Like we're talking like level three, level four. Mm-hmm. I don't actually dive into it too much. I give some ground rules, I give some preferences, and I throw them into it. And then I just focus on what they pull from it. And I focus way more now on how they respond to the initiation and like, is it grounded? Is it real? Mm-hmm. I mean, ha- have you made whatever after the initiation is going to be unreal to some degree? So then, like, do you spend the next couple lines just getting your feet grounded? I spend more, way more time on that. Yeah. And their pattern games tend to be a little more rickety than if I had really drilled them. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 looking more to give them the skills to dig out of whatever opening they do. Right. And uh, yeah, if I act like the pattern game's no big deal, I hope this is my theory. It becomes less of a big deal. Yeah. And if I break it out into this whole stations thing and make them spend like half the class on it, it's this labyrinth. Right. I think in an advanced class, I might go back and do that stations one because I'm like, all right, you guys are theoretically less scared of this now. Mm-hmm. Or at least ready to be less scared of it. So let's dive in and work the muscles of this bizarre 
method of communication. But for I'm mostly teaching level threes and fours now, and I mm-hmm. blow by that pattern game like it's no big deal. I mean, it still freaks them out. Sure, but yeah. I'm trying to minimize it. That was Will Hines. Will mentioned the stations exercise, which is one that has become a standard exercise here in New York to work on the pieces of the pattern game one by one. Which John Scrabus will explain here after describing her perfect pattern game. The perfect Jonna pattern game has five clear premises. Mm-hmm. We don't waste time unpacking the premises too much. It's like as soon as we have that idea, we can get out of there and start A to C to the next fun idea. Okay. So when somebody pitches that first idea, is it it's just enough to like let's refine it or let's label it? Or? Yeah, I think whatever that first idea that was pitched, we just mm-hmm. we're just going to do it because I think you only need three good ideas. Mm-hmm. The other two can just be for group games or right. you know left on the table. Have an organic second group game. Right. I think it's good practice to just be good about jumping on the first one and not changing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more you do it, the better you get, the funnier and stronger those ideas are going to be. But I feel like it's not great practice to take somebody's idea and like warp it or twist it into a different idea. Because I think sometimes even just a clarifying move of something that's not that strong of an idea, if you can come in and clarify what mm-hmm. that means, it kind of opens up the ways that we could play that. Right. And then if it's if it's something super easy to play like kid airplane. Right. I don't think we need to talk about that. Like we're all going to know how to play kid that runs an airline. That's going to be fun. Um, we're going to need a justification later in the scene, sure. but we don't need that in the pattern game. Yeah. So I don't need like six pitches of, well, they're going to serve juice boxes. Right, 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 right. So as soon as it's like kid airplane, even just like, just move on, just go like, great, we've got it. Yes. And of course it depends on who you are as a team and how long you've been working together. I think a class would probably handle that differently than Mm -hmm. a team that's been performing the Herald together for two years. Yeah. Yeah. I think an opening should serve you as the performers, and I don't care how the audience feels about an opening at all. It's nice if it can be scenic and the audience is having fun, of course, but they're really going to have fun in the show. So I think Mm -hmm. you need to use the opening in a way that serves you. What are what are some pitfalls when you're like coaching or anything like that you, that you see people fall into with the pattern game? Just being comfortable with free word association. You know, I think there's three specific parts of the pattern game. Mm-hmm. There's word association where you should be saying stuff quickly and with energy and emotion and mm-hmm. do not filter yourself. Then there's the moment where we stop because someone has an idea and they say that idea. And then there is ideally kind of a third move on that where somebody clarifies it in some Mm -hmm. way. So whether that's saying why it's funny or labeling more clearly what the idea is or just making a simple one move on that idea. Mm -hmm. But I find that people have a really hard time, first of all, distinguishing between those three moments, which one they're in, and also just being comfortable with the word association part. Everyone's thinking so hard all the time about thinking of a premise. And I think you need to be okay with just an unfiltered conversation words happening. And so, so th- to delineate those parts, it feels like you're, you're doing much more of kind of like, what is the momentum of each part? Yes. So the word association is like very like fast and loose. Mm-hmm. And then you like stop or you like slow down for that. And it's like, boom, here's your yeah. idea. Let's take a second, clarify that idea. That's where you get to be a little slower and a little mm-hmm. more of a thoughtful person. And then as soon as we have it, just to quickly and sharply veer away from that mm-hmm. idea into something new and fun. Right. And I, I mean, it definitely became clear to me when Sean Diston was teaching Graceland, mm-hmm. the pattern game, five years ago. He 
had us break it down into parts. So we each had a job. Yeah. So, you know, two people were word associating, two people were coming up with premises, two people were making moves on those premises. Mm-hmm. And then two people would then say what, why that was funny. Right. The why that's funny part doesn't happen in most pattern games. Yeah. Um, that's more of a practice technique, yeah. uh, but it's something that should be happening in your head every time you do um, it. How come? Because then you know where to put that funny idea. Yeah. It's You've framed it, so you know where's the funniest place to play whatever idea that you exactly, have. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think one thing that's unique about the pattern game is that you are playing the same five ideas from it, period. Mm-hmm. There's really not a lot of room for you to get creative or to, yeah. you know, take an idea and go to the back line and think about how that can really be a playable premise. It's either there or it's not, and we should all be walking away with the same five or four or whatever your decided number is. So it, you need to be really clear with your initiation because there's not a lot of room to get creative. People yeah. are waiting for a premise yeah. from you. How do you remember ideas from the pattern game? Like, is there a particular way that you, like, log them? Yes. And that's another thing that's so hard. Because there's so much going on when you're doing the pattern mm-hmm. game. You have to be fun and free. And then you have to be thoughtful and come up with a premise. And then you have to also be logging that for later. And especially if you're on a team where you're uncomfortable with other people initiating clearly, mm-hmm. then you're really worried about remembering the ideas. If you're with a team that's super comfortable, that you're comfortable with, and you know they're going to initiate clearly, who cares if you remember all the ideas? Remember right. one. You know, right. or remember two. Yeah. But how I remember them is I think of an image for each idea mm-hmm. and then I put it on my leg. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the five premises are like a dog, a pope, a hat, you know, right. and then uh, you can reach for those anytime you want. That's great. So it's yeah. like it's that old like memory palace idea, but it's yes. just for you on your leg. Yes. Um, I will sometimes use the stage in the same way. Oh, wow. like I will like see it like here, 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 or yeah. I'll log it with a person and their voice. Oh, like whoever yeah. I felt like said that because I remember things as characters very easily. Yes, um, oh, and funny. I started thinking of that more because I was coaching when I was coaching Foxhole. A couple people on the team don't think visually and just don't remember things visually. Oh wow, at all. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, I have to completely rethink of, I've been telling people to remember things like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can also, if, if you're not a visual person, I think you can think of it as a story too, mm-hmm. like as a five word story. You know, the friendly dog went to the park. And became the Pope or whatever. <laughs> became yeah, pope. Yeah. yeah. I think I got that from Christian. That was John Ascravis. A lot of that was about clarity, both in the pattern game and in the initiation. When you are in the pattern game itself, it should be clear when the team is switched into pitching a premise, and it should be very clear by the end of that what each premise was. Johnny even referred to framing the game in the pattern game the same way you would in the scene. Then, in your initiation, in the Herald itself, it should also be extremely clear what you're pulling from the pattern game. Stage presence and how the group holds itself is an important part of that communication, as Molly Thomas explains. What is your ideal pattern game? Oh, I know this one. (laughs) My ideal pattern game, everybody is making eye contact Mm -hmm. and enjoying each other's company, but they're not spazzing out. Yep. Your A to seeing until you find an idea. And the second it feels like somebody makes a choice, right? So the second somebody repeats yeah. or stays in the same area as the person before, they've decided we're going to explore this as an idea. Mm-hmm. So everybody's really agreeing with each other. We flesh that out so we get three examples of it and a statement of the premise. Mm-hmm. 
in either order. So premise yeah. first, three examples, or three examples and then a premise. You don't have a heart. You don't have a preference, one or the other. Of no, like I don't. First. Yeah, I think it's whatever happens Same. organically, yeah. because depending on the moment and the idea, it can be right. Giving the examples can help you come up with the premise, yes. or if you have a premise, you can state it and get examples. Yeah. I guess I would say, yeah, yeah. and then as soon as that happens, you get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. You a to c to something else. I want three loops. I want five ideas. Yeah, that's my at least you know, five or only five. For me, my ideal is five, yeah. and then you use all five, and the whole thing then feels and looks purposeful. Sure. But I think starting out, it makes sense to let yourselves do more yeah. so that you can pull the strongest ideas. Yeah. But for example, when you're on Lloyd, you should be supporting each other enough in the opening that you're making each one of those five ideas fun and good. Yeah. And then, yeah, you don't, you don't need anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my like true belief. Like that should be the textbook idea for a pattern game. Right. That's pretty specific, but... And then how about what advice do you give for then pulling the ideas from the pattern game into then starting that first beat or first group game, second group game, whatever? Just get the premise out with that first line. Yeah. Make it completely clear exactly what you're pulling. So if we all agree that that's what we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, this person's going to initiate with one of these five ideas. Right. It'll be totally clear with their initiation what it is. And if they kind of miss it, I should have enough information. We I know, know how where it I is. know what the idea yeah. is. And then I guess on top of that too, it's just decide why it's happening. Like if you can have an idea yeah. of the justification, if maybe that can happen. If you're thinking about in the that, in game? The, I think you should think about it when you're in the pattern game. Yeah. So let's say we do a couple of examples of something and then we state the premise. Mm-hmm. So like, why is this woman talking this way? Right. Or why are the, I don't know, shoes weird? Or right. Whatever yeah. it is. I think that can help you formulate yeah. the premise. And certainly it helps you initiate or respond to the initiation. Because yeah. it's moving in the direction of a justification or exactly. a frame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure other teams were doing this, but like, I think when Finale was coaching Apollo, he had them like end every little thing in the pattern game with because blank Mm -hmm. and just give that justification. And like Slingshot was doing it last year and like a -hmm. bunch of teams now do it. And I like it as like, even if I don't care that much, if every single thing in the pattern game has that justification, it's leading into that, like thinking about it. Right. And again, that's something where sometimes I think it's really helpful to have. And then other times if you say, because then like the magic of the premise goes away for something simpler that you're maybe going to use for a group game we don't need the because. Just yes. like leave the magic of yeah. Tupperware pickup lines. Right. Something that my 301 class did yesterday was so fun. It was like, no, 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 don't. Yeah. If you explain it, then the magic goes exactly. away. Yeah. Yeah. That was Molly Thomas. You can get justification in the pattern game. It's not necessary, but it can help open up exactly what the premise is. I mentioned that the Lloyd team Slingshot used because statements to end each premise pitch. And here's Slingshot's coach, Kelsey Bailey. I don't like lines of dialogue in my pattern games. I think that you're throwing jokes away. I think save those lines of dialogue for the scenes. Because like, you're not going to repeat what you said in a pattern game in right. a scene because you you're too proud to do that. So why are we putting it in a pattern game? Like, save it. The, I, I don't like, like in jokes happening during yeah. pattern game. 
it's I think it ingratiates you to the audience, but it also makes your pattern game so much longer. Mm-hmm. I think that I just think a pattern game is solely your opening purpose. If you're there to like get huge laughs in a pattern game, you're gonna burn yourself out because you're just like it's just too much. Like you have to accept that sometimes it's just gonna be like spoon cutlery. Someone who thinks that eating with a fork and spoon is dirty or like whatever. Like right. it just needs to just like get it done. You're so setting we can the see foundation. The, yes. the foundation doesn't yes. need to be pretty. It needs to hold up a house. Yes. Like let's just get our premises out. Let's try and have like when someone pitches a premise, let's try and have like a because statement follow it so that we can go into our scenes knowing this person's point of view uh, and making it a little bit easier to play. Make it less like completely situational. Make it more like based on someone's point of view or like a want or something, because then you have such an easier time initiating or anything like that. If it's a person who thinks that boats are cool, like, all right, well, then every scene has to be about a fucking boat. Because a lot of times you might not do the heavy lifting in the first beat to be like, I think boats are cool because uh, anything in the water is beautiful. And that's a whole different premise than boats are cool. It's like sort of... Having that because statement, which yeah. is something that I like to teach people to do in pattern games. Because it very much opens it up. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it opens it up. And yeah, then that second beat yeah. is not just. Because you have the point of view. A boat. Yeah. yeah. It's not just a bigger, like, okay, wow, this Titanic is beautiful. Like, it's no, it's anything that's in the water or whatever. I find it strange when people will use justification just as like, well, check, I got the justification. Now yeah. back to just talking about yeah. boats are cool. Yeah. Oh, I did that so they can't say that I didn't have a justification. Like, mm-hmm. the justification often is what you should be playing, not right. like just the thing you have to check off. Yeah. No dialogue. Cut out the in-jokes as much as you can. Sometimes if someone does say something, it's like, fine. But a lot of like the, or just negating someone in a pattern game, you be like, or you see people like react like negatively when someone yeah. pitches something up like no every premise you hear is going to be the best premise you ever heard even if it's not factually true like even if Pocahontas never went to Canada she is in this premise so get on board baby there's no room for that like well actually yes like oh yeah she never went there or like you're thinking yeah. the wrong movie like get out of here with that like and making that the idea of yes. just a person who doesn't know Pocahontas yes like, okay yeah so that's something that like really grinds my gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like people trying to, just to like showboat and it takes away. Yeah. Like let's get our premises and then let's see the scenes, which is what everybody came here to do. Nobody came here to watch a pattern game. Mm-hmm. You know, they came here to watch your scenes. So like get through the pattern game as fast as you can. Have good premises and yeah. listen to each other and build and think as high level as you can and be as cre- A to C creative as you can. But also like let's get out of there. If you're taking longer than two and a half minutes, you're in there for way too long. Three. That was Kelsey Bailey. Again, the point of the pattern game is to get things to do a herald off of. So her ideal pattern game is to get those ideas without too much fuss. Now, here's Jesse Lee. I mean, honestly, I feel like teams have to be having fun doing it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of teams don't. You can tell when a team is having fun in their opening, and that's kind of going to make the show better overall as a universal, not necessarily just for pattern game. But I think for pattern game, it's even more important just because the things that people do say about pattern game are true. It can be boring. It can be abstract. It can be kind of obtuse for an audience. Um, I hadn't been to Lloyd Night in a little while. Then yeah. I like went this week to to, to note a team, uh-huh. and they got the suggestion, and then they got in the line, and... It just at that moment hit me like, oh, God, they're going to do a pattern game. Like I just hadn't, <laughs> right. hadn't watched a team do one on stage for a little yeah. while. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is a little weird. Right, right. Um, it's a little jarring, but it, I, that's the thing is like I don't think it has to be. Um, I once coached a team where 
I think it was like two or three, two one or three one students, and they were like trying to get their head around the pattern game, and they like totally hated it. And then so you know they did a pattern game. It was kind of like stilted, and they weren't really getting a lot of ideas from it. And then so I said, okay, so um, I noticed like I basically just kind of like outlined a couple like little premisey nuggets, and then I said, okay, so uh, monkey lawyer, or whatever. I don't know, you guys like what what kind of ideas would you would you want to see around monkey lawyer? And then they started riffing as if it was like a pattern game. And afterwards, I was like. Oh well, you guys, you should just do that in your pattern game, and then they were like, "Oh, yeah, why? You're totally right. Like, why don't we do that? Like, I feel like part of learning how to do how to like use the structure of a pattern game to your own ends, I think, is just like the the core process of learning improv, right? Mm-hmm. It's like learning a structure and then realizing you're just using it to help you perform, right? Yeah. To do what you want to do. So I feel like people who are using the structure for their own making it their own instead of just doing it because that's you're doing three loops because you're supposed to do three you know what i mean like yeah. and for it to be clear that your team is having fun doing it I think. so it's it's closer to kind of like i'm going to say like codified riffing yeah it's basically. more like yeah. we're building on each other yeah right than- right and i do think like i mean i haven't been a lloyd knight in a while but i think i think the way that has come to fashion to mm-hmm. describe the pattern game is like you know like kind of a pitch session writer writer's room kind of right. feel and i think that that definitely does capture what the feel should be it shouldn't feel like this heady abstract thing but it should feel like you have the ability to be purely creative in a way right right you could pitch anything right you should be able to just say any idea and then have your team kind of like digest it and build it in a way yeah that way you get that like you mentioned that kind of like a variety of ideas where it's not just oh monkey lawyer it's also just like Mm -hmm. a soda can floating on the beach where it's like i don't know what this idea is you could just literally say a line of poetry and then have it inspire something right i don't think you necessarily get there from i don't know like doing invocation (laughs) you mentioned so like not having fun is a big downfall that people fall into with the pattern game any other like big pitfalls that you see where it's like okay let's fix this right away with the pattern game especially um i think with a pattern game i think not defining things right like i I think if you're just not communicating i think so there's this kind of there's been there's been this push towards like labeling right mm-hmm. and i think that's very useful because it just very clearly gets everyone on the same page about what's interesting or unique about something i feel like another pitfall of the pattern game is just like not not communicating what's funny about an sure. idea i think it's easy to just say things that are that are funny and that make people laugh or things that are like kind of unexpected will get a laugh mm-hmm. but there needs to be a moment where i think the team kind of as a group acknowledges what was funny about that moment or right. I think that's sort of one of the missing steps in a lot of the way the teams perform pattern game is that they just they just don't there's something funny that happens they don't know how to bring it to the scene because there's no shared agreement on what was funny about that moment and it's like they've plotted like three or four different points and they're just kind of in a cloud and nobody said this is the direction we're going right right this is where we're going from these points or someone a a to sees something and then it it gets a laugh. But then someone who ends up in the scene might not know what the B part was, and then they'll, you know, inevitably go a different direction just because they, they just they would never got labeled. It was yeah. never agreed upon. Um, and then they find out during notes, the coach says, like, oh, by the way, yeah, it was right. that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have done that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, the scene you did anyway was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just because it is a little bit more abstract and it's a little bit more, uh, it, it's less scenic, I think mm-hmm. that... It's easy to forget some of the things that are still important to get out of it, right? Agreement and communicating with each other, basically. Right. You know, I think doing that as a group really also tests your communication without blatantly saying things. Like, yeah. you know, as a group, you're understanding 
the feel of, okay, we've kind of explored this idea and now we can move on, right? Like, or we didn't quite figure out what this idea was, so we still need to kind of spend some time here. And I think that kind of like unspoken communication is also really important for a team. Like it helps with when a group can tell a scene needs like a justification or like, I think it just generally helps with like filling out what a scene needs or what a show needs. It's like like a meta level of communication. Right. Oh, we're talking in here. Also, we both are Mm -hmm. communicating above or below of we know, hey, you know what? We got to edit this or we got to justify this. Right. Or we know, okay, we we know something might happen to this character, but we want to do it in like, we want to save it for like a third beat Mm -hmm. or something like that. Or just any kind of like idea that, kind of permeates the group mind that doesn't get spoken, I think. Yeah. Things with, like, when a good time to edit would be, or there's a lot that happens during a show that you kind of discover in the moment by not explicitly saying so. I don't know. And I think that's kind of a way to exercise that. Yeah. Which I think early on for me became my problem with, like, I found the pattern game very hard at first because I was remembering everything like it was like i would get to scenes and it was like too much like litter yeah yeah like Um, and the different kind of detours you take to get to an idea yeah that inevitably get kind of wound up in the idea which is why i think having that moment to kind of just clarify clear the detritus and just say Mm -hmm. this is what the idea was is so important because then you know otherwise people just won't remember for the audience for the audience too right yeah um it's like it is cueing them to remember when they're supposed to laugh yes and that way you're at most remembering five or six things rather right. than the like 30 50, things or whatever. 30, yeah. yeah, 50. That was Jesse Lee. A pattern game can feel loose and fun, as Jesse described, as long as the team is still communicating with each other, both expressly and indirectly about what section of the pattern game they're in. Here's Devin Ritchie. I love watching a pattern game, but yeah. when it's bad, it's bad. It is, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, like, six minutes in, and I'm just like, start the show. Yeah. Start, just start yeah. the show. Like, yeah, so you have to make it personable. Yeah. I like really being in sections, you know? I like yeah. being like, oh, no, no, no. You can't say vampire cop because we're talking about vampire doctor. Yes. Do not say or. Do not be like, oh, there's a different room over here. Do you see how big yeah. this closet is? I'm like, we're doing the room. And so, like, just get a premise, which is a head start to your scene. Not necessarily the unusual thing in your mm-hmm. scene. And then just like let yourself do good improv with Vampire Doctor and that's it. Recently James Dwyer helped me like become like instead of being like um Metrocard, mm-hmm. um litter, um rat, you're gonna say something more active. Like okay. Swiping your metro card. Like picking yes. up a piece of trash. Like seeing a rat on the subway. You know, like all of those things will help you get to ideas so much faster. Yeah. Instead of saying like a single little word, say it with an action, say it with something, give it some personality mm-hmm. and make this thing look watchable. I think the action thing is interesting because what I like about the pattern game is we can morph it a little bit to our strengths. For me, I'm very much, because I think in terms of voices of characters speaking, I'm very much into when you are exploring an idea, when you're mm-hmm. in that room, I like three or four lines as the same character, almost entirely yes and not and it as much. So kind of like the, hey, we're not vampire cop or vampire doctor. I want to hear a line as that because when I hear a character's voice, I know how to speak as that character and what's fun about that. Now, I want to be careful there because it's like, I don't want a scene up there. That's exactly it. And so like I did no responses. 
Mm-hmm. It is three lines as the same character. See, and I don't even want all lines. I yeah. want like some things that describe the scene where you could be like, "Oh, I want to suck your blood," and then be like, "Oh, uh, also the nurse is a bat." I don't right, know. right, you know, right, like, right. Whatever, but like things where you're like, "I'm just describing what the situation looks like." I think those are just as helpful as dialogue. Absolutely, and I think that's kind of like the fun thing of finding out how everybody approaches it. Yeah, is because like I like to see different voices create the same voice kind of like a writer's room I do like that right and it's yeah. kind of like hearing different people who have their own comedic lens and their comedic background still all be vampire doctor they're going to come at it in such different ways but but because they're aiming for the same thing when I'm coaching I make teams do that but when I see pattern games I love those variations of like yeah finding details in the scene oh, or yeah. the pe- doing an action type thing or something like now, that and I feel like a lot of times they pull like my reaction to something or somebody's reaction to something. Yeah. You know, and they'll be like, oh, Britney Spears being washed up. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, people like, oh, people like loving Britney Spears. I'm like, oh, we're here. Right. You know, like we're doing it off of my thing. Yes. Like off of your reaction to it. And I think there are some pitfalls to the pattern game. Oh, my pit, like my pet peeve about Mm -hmm. pattern game is when people are like, um, camping. And somebody's like, ramping. And I'm like, Rhymes with yeah. is not an A to C yeah. by any means. It is like totally a different idea. Yep. And it just like starts you back at zero. Yep. You know, I'm like, don't rhyme. Don't yep. rhyme in your pattern game. Yep. And it will not. And then you're like, things that rhyme. I'm like, I'm going to watch this fucking comedy sports scene here. Right. Like, I don't need it. And it turns the pattern game more into a verbal exercise than a comedic creation exercise of we're thinking of what is camping and what does it mean to me. Yeah. It's just the, the word camping. Lamping. Yeah, what? exactly. Like, I don't, what is, people lamp. I'm like, okay, well, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, Any other like pitfalls that you see in pattern games or that you find um, yourself falling into? People, and I do this sometimes, which is like my personal opinions about something. Sure. Or um, telling a story. I had to like hold my tongue during a pattern game like two weeks ago. It, we were talking about Randy Johnson hitting that bird. That, right, in you guys' first show, yes, right? Yeah. Yes, and he went to my high school. Um, but I was just going to be like, oh, he went to my high school. But like, yeah. that's really not what we're talking about. Exactly. Or helpful or anything at all. And I was just like, I, I'm just like, that's just the thing that I'll wait after yeah. to tell them. Because it's not going to help the scene at all. <laughs> And the premise would have then been, like, a guy who always mentions... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, And I think, like, telling little anecdotes about yourself feels like you can do that in the pattern game, but you can't. Yeah, it really slows things down. It really does. And it's, you know, I'm like, are you going to do your own little thing as your premise? Like, I don't want to see that. And um, there's this new term. Uh But what do you call the little half circle you have to stand in for the pattern game? A horseshoe? It's an empanada. This is a definitely a Chelsea Clark thing. Because I started coaching a bunch of 301 right. classes and who were like, oh, let's get in the empanada. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And they are like, so Chelsea calls it the empanada. Yeah. And she finds that that was better than like half circle or horseshoe because right. it was like way too cutting off the side sure. of the audience. She's, so it's more of like a gradual curve. And hey, you're putting the meat in the middle. You're this putting- is going to be in the textbook. I swear <laughs> we're calling it an empanada now. That's great. Yeah. Do you need to say the suggestion all out loud when you get it? You're like, okay, uh, your suggestion is couch. Do you all need to be like, couch. For us as a Herald team or like when any group is doing the pattern? I actually don't care that much. When they return to it, I love when a team returns to the suggestion joyously. 
Especially for the pattern game on Lloyd of just kind yeah. of like not just um, returning to the suggestion organically is hard. It's and hard. That's definitely one of those you mentioned the like machinist aspect of one person maybe doing that or whatever. Some people are great at it, and you can kind of see that. Like on Slingshot, like you would see like Bridget Holmes would often like throw up. Yeah, that, I'm going to do the connect. Yeah, I also think it's like a little clever mental gymnastics sure. to be like hmm? oh, baking. Yeah. <laughs> You know, whatever yep. it is. <laughs> yep. And I, I care less about the is it a cool connection than just like... Get it there. Just get it there. Anything. And just have like, couch! Like having yeah. that fun. I don't game. mind if it's just one person who's like, this, couch! Exactly. See? Now moving on. Yeah. Um, like, I don't mind just forcing that a little bit. Because um, that's not going to become part of your show, so who no. fucking cares? Oh my god. And if anything, like the pattern game is also just like, you're just a slight opportunity to let them see your personality right mm-hmm. before you go. Mm-hmm. And so my theory is I'm just like, let's know the mechanics of it. Let's have fun. Let's get in and get out. I do not want to waste time up here. One of my pet peeves is when people go, um, corn, um, farm, oh, tractors. Oh, and I'm like, why are we saying, oh, or, uh, before we go? I'm like, we're all just like taking like twice as long as we should by like calling. I'm going next. Yeah. And I'm like, Jeff, get in there. Get That's great. That was Devin Ritchie. The pattern game is still a piece of theater. It's an oddly functional piece of theater, but we should still approach it, as Devin mentioned, by having fun, by agreeing with each other's ideas, and by stating those ideas clearly and confidently. Here's Lily Do with more on using the pattern game as a function of your herald. I know in my 401, I wasn't like great at it. I was in like a pretty good and aggressive class and I had a really hard time like getting any lines in because I'd be in my head trying to think of like the funniest thing mm-hmm. or like the perfect pitch to the thing and in that time I would just like three other people would speak and it'd be over. Yeah and that's something I emphasize like you don't have to be funny in the pattern game like in an ideal world once you've mastered it great it's like loose it's fun whatever Uh, but when you're just starting like just do the work so that you can have a good herald Mm -hmm. like don't ever be afraid once that funny idea is like three beats out to just free associate away from it. Yeah. I see people, yeah, afraid to, like, just say a word and be boring. But that's comedy. You have to be willing to be, like, boring for a moment on stage to get that payoff. Yeah. I also had that same problem that you mentioned of the, like, being a couple moves behind or of the any time it felt like somebody wasn't responding to the last thing said, I would, like, in my head go, like, oh, no, we're going two different directions. And that would just shut me down at first. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just overthinking it. Yeah, back then I definitely like thought that there was like a right way to do things. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, like I knew what that was. So then I was always trying to do the right, give like the perfect right premise response. And also if like some, if people went off, I would feel like resentful. Yeah, same. And like hold it against them. And it's just like, just let go. Because yeah, because it is. It is a comedic pitch session, and we have these rules to help us find the right way or the wrong way, but it's not... I would do the same thing. You must, like, chastise people in your brain of, like, that wasn't enough of an A to C, or, oh, you didn't respond to the last thing said. You responded to something two things ago or whatever. But it's also just accepting other kinds of players that, like, their kind of funny is not necessarily the same way that yours works and that's good mm-hmm. because if there were probably just eight of you on stage it'd be boring yeah what are your favorite things to do in the pattern game 
back to the suggestion feels very easy to me. It's like, great, we have two premises. You must go back now. Just think of it like a mind meld. Mm-hmm. Last word said, your suggestion, what's the word that connects right. them? Yeah, I think some people are definitely, and you can watch them, they are much better at that part of the connect to the suggestion thing. I like that idea of thinking of it like a mind meld. Hey, we yeah. already know A and C. Yeah. Just tell us B, boom, then the whole yeah. team knows to get to C. Yeah, I remember when like Sean Diston was coaching and teaching a lot in New York, and he'd be like, ah, we waste so much time trying to get back to the suggestions, so just like say it, even mm-hmm. if there's no connection. And that always felt like very abrupt and unnatural to me. And I think we've kind of phased that out. Mind meld, I think I've I've started framing it as mind meld because that's like a good way to think of it. But just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, connect those words. Sometimes in like a winky, obvious way, if you have to. Sure. If it's like spaghetti and like, I don't know, like. Titanic. Yeah, Titanic. Be like, eating dinner on a boat. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I just remembered one more thing I don't like in the pattern game. Which is? Um, I don't like wordplay. Uh-huh. I think it gets you a little laugh, and then because of that, you treat it like a premise, and it almost always sets you up to fail. I don't see it as often anymore on my teams. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on who you're playing with. Like, I was on a team with someone who like really liked puns, yeah, and so they always came up during the pattern game, like at shows, and then multiple sets had characters that were like their game was like they treat all foods like puns and i'm like i don't know how do you justify that and how do you keep doing that in a scene in a funny engaging way because yeah that is that a very tough heady thing to play yeah constantly it's just not behaviorally driven or anything like that yeah yeah that was lily do remember that the pattern game isn't a game You're not trying to win and judge other people when they make right or wrong moves. You're there to support them, to honor and clarify their ideas. Often when people feel in their head in the pattern game, it's because they're worried too much about are other people doing it right. Let go of that. Focus on what's fun right now. Finally, here's a bit more from Will Hines. Also, a lot of the pattern game stuff, the way we teach it at UCB, is sort of like Besser's work on it. Yeah. Like Besser is cares more about the pattern game than anybody I've ever seen. And he's the one who really muscled it into a premise-building machine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't taught to me like that. It's better. It's more clear and sure. it's better to use it aggressively to get premises. But it wasn't born that way. It was much more open and just sort of like riff on these things to right. get scene beginnings and very loosey-goosey. I don't, I don't like it that loosey-goosey. Sure. But we should still remember that it's still just one guy, one smart, yes. gifted teacher – who is very focused on premise. Very focused on premise, who's using that tool for his preferences. Mm-hmm. And I say, that's good. Learn that way. That works well. Right. But remember that it wasn't necessarily born that way. It was born more as just like an overture of themes that would come back and we would hear played again in the Herald. And you can achieve that without having a lot of premises. Right. Some, sometimes it's one advantage of having been around a long time is like, Stuff that becomes taken as gospel, you're like, yeah. that wasn't gospel when I did it. And right. Maybe there's a reason it's become gospel, but we should really hold on to everything very loosely and be ready for everything to evolve. Yeah. Me too. Like things that were not gospel, well, maybe it's time to treat them as gospel. New ideas come up that you have to be ready to embrace. And also don't hold on to things. Don't get too sentimental about stuff and be like, well, Will yeah. Lenz told me it's like this. Eh, Will's wrong a lot of the time. 
one of the great things about improv is you can just do a show and see if it works. Yeah. Whatever works should stick around. And if it doesn't work, that should be thrown away. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes very kind of like totemic or like like this kind of like we have these weird totems. Yeah, and it's this- also not good for comedy to be like reverent about yeah. stuff. I like the pragmatism of like, does it work? Then I'll use it. Mm-hmm. Except when you're in class. In class, you got to do whatever the teacher says. That's just the way classes are. <laughs> the, cl- the teacher is allowed to say what's gospel right. for the duration of that class. Right. That's okay. I think everybody would agree with. But once you're a team, you, you, know, you, know, you can apply it the way you want to apply it eventually. Mm-hmm. And you should remember ways you've seen it work. That was Will Hines. The pattern game is malleable, even in the more rigid way that the UCB uses it. There are some things that reliably work with the pattern game and should probably be kept. These are the things that most of the people I talked to brought up. Five to six premises total. The pattern game shouldn't be too long. Three to four minutes, not much longer. A to C, don't just A to B. And initiate clearly using the premise from the pattern game. By the way, here's my ideal pattern game as I lay it out for any team I coach. A to C hard. If there are more than five or so words in the A to C portion, you're probably staying too close to the previous word being said, rather than letting that word inspire a word which inspires another word. Once someone has an idea for a premise, I like to hear lines of dialogue as that character. Stating the premise first is fine, and it's great, and it's a good teaching tool, but I don't care that much about it. I think saying the premise in a vacuum just as a statement, doesn't feel as funny. And it's harder for the rest of the team to pick up on what you found interesting from the A to C portion. Then I like three lines of dialogue, all fairly close to each other, more anded than yes, almost like subsequent lines said by the same character. Never another character responding to that first line, always the same character delivering lines to keep it from becoming a scene. Now, the worry of using dialogue in a pattern game is valid. You're using up game moves. But my feeling about that is, if you can't come up with more than three moves on a game, then the game's probably bad. That's a bad game. Then, after three lines of dialogue, there should be a clear marker that we're returning to A to C. Just a single word said forcefully and neutrally to make it clear we're back in that hallway. I like every return to the suggestion to be intentional and joyous, so that the team is celebrating that they get to do a herald about, of all the words in the universe, that particular word and everything it inspires in us. And once that herald starts, I like initiations that are just stolen directly from lines of dialogue from the pattern game. Let's just start clearly and actively already in the middle of the scene, so that way we can expand the scene past what we saw in the pattern game right away. And that was episode 7, The Pattern Game. The pattern game can be scary, but it just takes practice. And after practice, you'll start to like it more and more if you don't already. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and if you have any feedback for me, please send it to improv at curtisrutherford.com. That's C-U-R-T-I-S-R-E-T-H-E-R-F-O-R-D.com. Thanks to everyone who has already done so, and thanks to everyone who is part of this episode. I am Achilles Stamatalaki. James Dwyer. Nicole Dressbell. My name's Will Hines. Jonas Grabus. Molly Thomas. Kelsey Bailey. Hi, I'm Jesse Lee. Devin Ritchie. Hi, I'm Lily Dew. And I'm Curtis Rutherford. <laughs>